Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tacoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tacoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. We're glad you're here. My name is Austin. I'm the lead pastor here at Tacoa. If you are new, I want to say welcome. We'd love to meet you in the coffee lounge after service. And we just want to say to you, welcome home this morning. So we're finishing up a series on rest today. This one has been challenging for me, but also great for me. Right? Rest can be one of the best things, but it also can be hard to incorporate in our lives because we're just so busy. I don't know if anybody else, has anybody enjoyed some extra rest over the last few weeks at some point? Three people, four people, all right, good. Some people have some rest in their lives. Summer can be one of the easiest and hardest times um, to find rest as well in our lives. Um, But um, we're going to finish up this series, and um, as I was preparing for the message today, um, I was remembering um, earlier this year a time that I wasn't preaching, actually. Remembering I was sitting up here, Pastor Tim Uh, was preaching a message to us, um, and a great word from God, sharing with us how we get to approach the throne of God with confidence, and challenging us to do it. It was a great word. We call it a word from God because God is speaking through the message, and that word does something in our, not just in our minds, but actually changes something in our souls because it's the word of God through a person. And his word actually changes something more than just, you know, mentally, like learning something can change something. And Pastor Chim, he preached a word that affected me, and it wasn't just an empty word. And on top of the word, he called many of us to the front to respond in worship, to approach the throne of God in worship. And it was powerful because, you know, and we've done this in many different ways and many times as a church, but God wasn't just moving through the word. There was power in the Holy Spirit of what he was doing in that moment as well that I think changed something in many of us as we learned to worship in a different way. There was both the Word of God preached through Tim, but there was also power in that moment. As a side note, it was also powerful me for, powerful for me because as a pastor and as a leader of this church, one of my most favorite things that I get to do is help disciple other people, help raise them in their calling um, and in what, um, what God has gifted them to do. And so for me to get to be a part of God moving and speaking through Tim to, to impact our church is one of the, my most favorite things I get to do as a pastor. I get to see not God just moving through me, but when I see our, Tim, when, uh, our team, when I see God move through one of our greeters or in Tacoa Kids or through our worship team, our production team, like that is what I love to get to do as a pastor because this church is not about me. It's about all of us together. But what happened in that that moment was that the Word of God got partnered with the power of God. And that's what I want to speak about this morning, um, a Sabbath filled with Word and power, both Word and power. I'm going to explain what those are as we get into this, um, but a Sabbath filled with Word and power. So as a reminder, we've been talking about Sabbath. Sabbath is 24 hours of rest every seven days, once a week, and that can look different ways for you, but it means no work that day. I mean, it's not a day for errands or emails or projects that you have to do, but things that fill you up that are worship and rest of God. It's also a time for community and seeking God. It's an important day um, for us to seek God together as a family, if you um, have um, family that you live with. It's also an important day for us to come together as we're doing all right now 
in the room together, to seek God in community and in worship. And that day is supposed to be filled with the Word and with power. That's what we're going to get into this morning. So I'm going to read these eight verses, Luke chapter 13, if you have a Bible and you want to turn there. Luke chapter 13. So now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. They were Jews. There, were, there wasn't Christianity yet, and so they didn't meet in a church. They met in a synagogue, a temple. So Jesus is there teaching on the Sabbath day. They gathered just like we gather. And behold, there was a woman who had a, had a disab- disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over to her and said, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had helped, healed, sorry, on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Do not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on this Sabbath day? And he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at the glorious things that were done by him. And this passage, you know, is maybe not as much what you would expect to be on a a topic of Sabbath, right? It happens on the Sabbath, but it's maybe not about how we as much would think of, like, how does this apply to us for the Sabbath? But the, the fact that it happened on the Sabbath is really important. Matter of fact, it says the word Sabbath five times in these few verses, and twice it says that they were in a synagogue. And so the location in the day is important to this story for us because it's it, it said it so many times, it wouldn't say that. Maybe, maybe once at the beginning it said on a Sabbath in a synagogue, and then it goes to tell the story, sure. But five times it's important to this story. Like I said, Jesus is in the synagogue with his people teaching on the Sabbath. So for you, you're in church on the Sabbath, well done. That's part of what we're supposed to do. If it was important for Jesus, it's important for us too. So we gather with God's people, that's what Jesus did, which the Jewish people were doing. And what Jesus did, two things happened here, the Word and the power that we're going to talk about. Teaching the Word and praying for the power of God here on the Sabbath. So he was teaching. That's the first part of this, which we're not going to actually focus as much on this morning. But Jesus was teaching. There's a reason I teach each week, because we're to learn and grow in our faith. We're to learn about God, and I I preach the truth about our need for salvation to restore our relationship with God. That's important. That's the Word of God. I also teach what it means to grow in your faith so that you can grow to be more like Jesus. That's called sanctification. That's the fancy word for it. Because we're all on a journey to become more like Jesus. That's our role if we choose to follow Jesus, is to become more like Him and have our lives look more like Him. And one of the ways we do that is through teaching. Another way we do that is through, you know, one-on-one or in groups, discipleship in different ways. But an a, a important way we do that is together through teaching. Um, and so Jesus is here. He's teaching. And when God is speaking, even today, through whoever's preaching the message, it's not just their words. It can be. But when I'm 
preaching, the goal is not for this just to be my words. The goal is for God, these to be God's words. Because if I'm just telling you something that's true and helpful, that's just a good teaching. That's, you can get that on YouTube. You can get that not even in the church. But what happens in church is that the Word of God is spoken through somebody else. It doesn't even have to be the sermon. The Word of God can come through somebody else that's on the team or in church, you know, through a, a fellow brother or sister in Christ. Like, the Word of God can come through there. But the Word of God actually changes something, not just in our minds, but it changes something in our hearts and in our souls. It makes a difference. It impacts us. It changes us in a, in a, in a way that's not just, oh, we, we think differently or we learn something. Right? My goal when I'm up here is not just to be entertaining and to have you walk away with something. Right? Like, those are valuable because that helps you pay attention and that helps us remember. Right? If I'm boring, like, that's not my goal. I don't want to be boring up here because that's not helpful. But most important is that the Word of God is preaching. Matter of fact, this morning I was upstairs and I, upstairs, I, I prep in the morning and I was behind schedule this morning um, because I was helping, and Pastor Tim's on vacation, which I'm glad. I told him to go on vacation, so he, he did. I'm not complaining. I'm, he did the right thing. He's supposed to go on vacation, but right, I didn't have the, as much prep time as I normally did, and I was about to start running through my message, and I just felt like this isn't what our church needs. What our church needs is to make sure that God is speaking through me, and I just wanted to get to the message because I want to make sure I, you know, don't stumble up here and I say the right things, but I what we need, church, is the Holy Spirit to speak through me. That's what we need. And I was like, you know what? I got to spend another 10 minutes in prayer because that 10 minutes in prayer is way more important than I went over my notes and you guys hear the right things. Because if I'm just up here, like you might, you know, get a good tip for your week. But if God does something in you and the word is spoken to you, that can change the trajectory of your life. And as a church, that's why we're here. Literally, our mission is to connect people to God. Because we know when you get connected to God, He changes people. And so that is why we're here. That's why our team is here to change people by connecting them to God. And Jesus speaks the Word of God. He teaches because it's important. And it's important too because the becoming more like Jesus, that fancy word sanctification I even said, it's not just an event. It's a process. And a process takes time. And a process takes um, a journey for us to go on. And so if you have an encounter with God that can change you, maybe you encounter the power of God, we're going to talk more about that, that can be an important part of our faith journey. But if you don't have the process week after week and day after day on your own as you're pursuing God, that is equally as important to our journey of becoming more like Jesus. And so the Word is important as well. Don't... Im- don't miss the importance of the Word of God. Don't miss the importance of the work of becoming like Jesus over time either. But often we can be stuck in our faith, and sometimes it's the power of God that we need to either get us started or to get us through the next journey, the next season, or the next whatever we need in our life. Maybe we're struggling with sin. Maybe we're struggling to trust God. Whatever we might be, sometimes we're so stuck and what we need is the power of God to get us on that journey. But then we need the process and the work of following God in, in the day by day, the week by week to keep us going. You don't need a miracle of God every single minute of every single day. He's equipped you. He's given you the power. He's created you to be able to follow Him. He's given your, you His Holy Spirit to be able to follow Him. But sometimes we need the power to kind of get us going. Because it changes us. 
Paul talked about this in his ministry. He said, For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles, that means everybody other than the Jews, to obedience, by word he said and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, Man, I didn't prep this like I should have. I didn't take my own advice. I tell people we're reading, and I'm like, just say it with confidence. Nobody, everybody will think they're wrong, and you're right. And I go up here, and I don't follow my own advice. But anyways, he preached it everywhere, the gospel of Christ. But it says he preached it with word and with power. See, that's what I get for not prepping this morning. It's okay, though. You guys forgive me. Now we laughed. See, it was better than if I would have prepped. All right, it's through the teaching of the word of God and the deed and the power of God and the power of the Spirit. This is what church is supposed to have. Both of these things. In our passage today, Jesus is teaching, and then the power of God comes as he heals this woman. Both of these things were present as they gathered on the Sabbath for their worship together. The Word of God and the power of God. You can't have just one or just the other. We need to have both of them as we are, as we are a church. For us to be a healthy church, we need to have both of these things. And some of the most powerful times I've had in church are not through the sermon. Some of the most powerful times I've had are through the worship or the response after the message. And as a preacher, I think it's important that I say that. What I do up here is important, but what we do as we gather is also really important as a church, if not more important than just the Word of God being preached. We need both of these things. It's right, like, this is a little bit like having a car. Like, you come every week and you get a little bit, you get your gas filled up. When you're here, you might, you know, get some more, you know, in your daily prayer time. But sometimes, right, you need more than that. Sometimes, anybody know what these are, right? Sometimes, if the battery's dead, it doesn't matter how much gas is in the car. You can keep filling that thing up until it's overflowing. It doesn't matter if you've got the oil changed and you've done your maintenance. If it's dead, sometimes you need a jump start. That's the power of God. But you don't need a jump start every day. If so, you need a mechanic so that you can get a new alternator or a new battery, and then you can, like, move on. But if you're in that spot where you're trying to get a jump start every day or every week, right, like, that's not where we're supposed to be. But sometimes you do need it, and that's what gets us restarted and gets, you know, the car so that it can recharge itself during the week, right? The alternator starts working again, and it's charged, and that keeps the battery going. Um, and so sometimes we need that. And so the teaching and the Word. And before we move on, before we get into the, the power of God here this morning, I want you to see something important because this is so important. Jesus noticed this woman. He was up there teaching. You know, maybe you're greeting somebody. Maybe you're just grabbing coffee on your way out of service. But do you notice the people around you? You know, that person that you've had, had multiple conversations with, you notice that, like, their mood's a little bit different today. Maybe they need some encouragement. If you notice somebody and the Holy Spirit is just kind of nudging you, like, just go say hi to that person, right? Jesus noticed this woman, and we have to notice people. We have to pay attention to people and pay attention to what God wants us to do in response. I also want you to see it took 18 years for this woman to find healing. Sometimes God doesn't move the first time. Sometimes the power doesn't come instantly. I don't know why. It's not the focus here. Jesus didn't talk about it. Luke, who wrote this, didn't talk about it. But I want to encourage you also, don't give up. Because if this woman were to give up, notice she was in 
the synagogue on the Sabbath with her disability for 18 years. She didn't give up. And because she didn't give up, because she didn't turn away from God, because she didn't walk away, she got to experience healing and freedom for the rest of her life. So don't give up too early because, oh, well, it didn't happen the first time. It didn't happen the first year. It didn't happen the first decade of her life. But by the end of the second decade, God had moved in power and she would walk away with healing. And this is what's important in this story. Healing starts with God. It doesn't always, it's not always just God that works. Sometimes doctors help. Sometimes people help. Sometimes other things help. But healing starts with God and it should always start with God. We don't know what disease this woman had. It doesn't say here what she had other than, you know, the, her disability because the author doesn't really care. God can heal anything. It doesn't matter, physical, mental, spiritual, whatever's going on here, but this is really important. He healed her because of her disability, and it says in verse 10 that he healed her. It says that she was, what does it say in verse 10? It says, now he was teaching, behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. A disabling spirit. And this is really important because it wasn't just that she was disabled, but she had a disabling spirit. And we could see on the outside, it could look like, oh, she's like hunched over and she's disabled. She's got, you know, a challenge in her life. And like, okay, like she needs a doctor, she needs healing, or she needs a wheelchair. She's going to be like that for the rest of her life. But physical healing sometimes is tied to the spiritual. And if we miss that and only focus on the physical side of the healing, we're not going to encounter healing because there's a deeper problem that's causing it. Right? Sometimes your knee hurts. It's not the fact that you have a knee problem. It's the fact that you've got a heart problem and you haven't trusted God with it and you haven't let Him bring healing in your heart and it's manifesting itself in the problem in your knee. There's something deeper that's going on, but if you just go to the doctor, you just continue to go, and they don't know how to fix your knee. I don't even know why your knee has this problem. Like, you don't need a new knee. It's fine, but you've got pain, right? There's something deeper going on. And so we start, when we're looking for healing, we start with God. We look to Him first. Now, if we come to God, and we're looking to Him for healing, and we're praying, and our community is praying, then also please go to the doctor if you've got a physical problem. Please go to the counselor if you've got, you know, some mental challenges that you're dealing with. You know, go, get medication if that's what's helpful to you. But start with God, and sometimes that's it. You just start with God and you end with God because it's done. You're healed. But if you just go to the doctor first, if you just look over here first, they can do all that they can do, and for 18 years, for the rest of your life, you could be struggling with this thing, but the deeper underneath hasn't been healed. I got to pray for someone at our church, and, you know, they were looking for, they were looking, but they had all these questions and challenges, and they were, like, dealing with all these things in life. And we, we uh, they reached out to talk to a pastor. Great step, right? Take the practical, too, right? We want to talk to you. Our pastors want to talk with you. We want to meet with you. I love meeting with people, so please reach out. I would love to grab coffee with you or find some time to meet with you. I, that's my role, and I enjoy doing it. Great step. But before we met with a pastor, before they met with a pastor, we got to pray for them for something unrelated, for healing. The person comes and then meets with um, actually Allie and is like, ah, I'm good. Like, I got physical healing, I got mental healing, and the challenges in my questions and my mind and the things I was wrestling with, eh, God took care of it, right? 
because it wasn't just um, some things that you needed to figure out. There was a spiritual issue going on underneath, and once the spiritual issue got resolved, they didn't even need to deal with everything else. God took care of it for them. You might have a physical problem. You might have a practical problem. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you need finances. Maybe you need the provision of God in your family or in some other way. We pray first. We look to God first because sometimes, you know, sometimes you're going to, you have a problem at work, and it's a spiritual issue. And you find healing in God. You find provision in God for that spiritual issue, and He will provide for you. It always starts with God, and then we seek practical help. But don't stop looking to God. This woman was freed from her disability. There was an aspect of bondage, of being trapped in this by her. And Jesus set her free. Jesus wants to set you free from what you are facing in your life, to things that are keeping you trapped, keeping you from the purpose that God has created you for. He wants you to make a difference in this world. Sometimes we're trapped, and we need the spiritual healing. We need the power of God to release us into that. So we're here as a church to bring freedom to San Jose because this city needs it. So Jesus saw her and he called to her and said, woman, you are freed from your disability. Number one, the woman, how, how did this happen? The woman, he called over to himself in front of everybody. This is the part of the passage we don't like. I like that Jesus, I like that she found healing. I don't like Maybe you just read over this. Maybe you're like, ah, I, I didn't want to pay attention to that, right? She came up in front of everybody with her disability. Everybody saw. Matter of fact, Jesus called her out in front of everybody. And she came to the front. It wasn't like, oh, she came to the back during worship. It wasn't just like everybody with your heads bowed and, you know, we're all praying and like, okay, whoever needs healing, God, like, God will do it. No, Jesus called her up because there was an act of faith that was needed for this woman. She had to say, you know what, and I don't think it was just faith. I think there was a desperation of, I want this. Because if we're just, ah, I kind of want it, I'm here. I'm like, oh, I'll just go about my life. But the fact that she came up and she met Jesus meant that there was a desperation of, I want healing. I don't just want healing, I really want it in my life. I want to see God move. And so she came up in front of everybody and Jesus heals. And sometimes we need to admit. We don't have to admit to everybody what it is, the specifics, but sometimes that act of faith of sometimes, you know, we call people up here for prayer. We call people up here for response, and, you know, you're like, oh, what is everybody going to think that I want to front? What's my family that I'm here with? What's my friend that I'm here with going to think if I go up there? They don't need to know the specifics, but that act of faith of going up there shows God, you know what, I'm desperate. I want you, God. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what's around me. I want you, and this woman found healing as a result. And she found the truth that God will accept you just as you are. He accepted her just as she was. It didn't matter that she had a challenge in her life. It didn't matter that she was in bondage. God accepted her and he brought freedom to her life. And the second thing was Jesus laid hands, it says, on the woman. Now, not like how we say laid hands on somebody, like he didn't hit her. He like gently like probably put his hand on her shoulder or on her head. Like that's what we do too when we pray. Because there's an act of, you know, it's solidarity of, hey, we're praying. Matter of fact, not to get like creepy or weird, but like I've prayed for people and I've felt God moving through me as I pray for people, as healing goes out into them. It's not that I'm special 
but it's God has chosen to work through people. He's chosen to work through His church, and it's one of the best. That's the privilege of getting to do ministry as a church together, all of us, not just me. That God gets to work through us, and He uses us. He can heal you on your own in your car. He can heal you on your own as you're praying in the morning and reading your Bible. It happens. It will happen again. But there's also a power in us gathering together, and there's a power, even the New Testament, James says this, like, right, come around the elders, let them lay hands on you and pray for you, because there's power of God. He wants to move through His people. He wants to work through His people. All right, let's look at the people's response after this. So Jesus, right, He called her up front. There was an act of faith, an act of desperation. Then He laid hands on and prayed for her, and He brought healing over her. Let's look at her response first. It says, Jesus laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she, what does it say? She glorified God. She praised God. She gave thanks to God for the healing. Our response when God moves and the power of God moves is important. We're supposed to respond in praise to God. We're supposed to thank God for what he's done. Praise is important. When you encounter God, we respond with thanksgiving. We respond with praise. The rabbi, though, the ruler of the synagogue, the rabbi, he was indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath and you're supposed to rest and worship on the Sabbath. Jesus is like, wait a minute. No, 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 we're supposed to rest and worship on the Sabbath. Healing is a part of that. When God wants to move amongst his people, like that's a valid expression of what we're supposed to do when his people gather. That's not work. You're up here teaching. Teaching can be work, right? No, no, no. This is worship of God. And Jesus is not kind in his response to him saying, no, 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 you are wrong. As we look at the Old Testament, as we look at the Word of God, the law of God, this is appropriate for us. You, you'll like not just rescue your animal that fell in a pit, he says that somewhere else, but you'll just bring water to your animal so that on a hot day, like, right, they're not like, oh, I'm so thirsty. Like, if you'll bring water to them, healing somebody is totally appropriate on the Sabbath. But I think part of what happens is sometimes we get a little uncomfortable. Sometimes I get a little uncomfortable even as the pastor because when we seek the power of God to move, we lose some control because it's on God then. It's not just on us. And it's important that we have order in our services. Paul talks about this. I pastor our church in this. I have conversations with people every so often like, hey, what you're doing is an appropriate act of worship, but it's distracting to other people or it's hindering the worship of God in this, this place. Like, this is a different way that you could do that, right? And it, it matters, but we also, we lose some control because the Holy Spirit starts moving, and God moves, and He does His thing. Paul tells us churches to have control, but we don't restrict what God is doing. Here's the guiding principle. The Word of God grounds the power of God. The Word of God grounds the power of God. And so, the rabbi is concerned, the woman rejoiced, the rabbi is concerned, the people rejoiced, it says, as well. Praise, church, is our response as a church as well. We are to re rejoice as well. Not just individually in, when God moves in our life, but when God moves in somebody else's life around us, we respond in praise to that as well that somebody else found healing, that somebody else found breakthrough in their marriage, somebody else found breakthrough with their family, somebody else got a job, somebody else got the provision of God that they need in their life. We praise God as a community when that happens together. That's supposed to be our response. One of our values at Tekoa is that we are storytellers. It's not just like a cool tagline, but it's literally what we're supposed to do. It's a biblical principle. And being a storyteller of what God has done in our life starts with praise of God. We praise God for what He's 
done because our stories help inspire the faith in other people. It helps build what God is doing. Even in the room, it builds what God is doing. You know, part of your role, maybe you don't need healing this morning, and we're going to pray for healing for people this morning. That's great. That's awesome. Part of your role is to build the faith of this room. Part of your role is being here in this space. Part of your role is, you know what, as I'm preaching, you can say amen. You can clap. You can give feedback because that builds the faith of everybody else in the room. And so you have a role, even if you're not the one. You can begin praising God, even if you aren't the one that needs the power of God in that moment. Together, we do it. I'm not going to read this, but um, one other point here, I'm going to skip over this for time, but, you know, Paul gets stuck in prison, and then what they start doing is they start praising God in prison. They haven't found freedom yet. They're stuck in prison. That's not the place you praise God. That's not the place you go, thank you, God, that we're here. You're amazing, God. I love you, God. You're like, no, no, they're in chains. That's, they're like, I don't care. God, I'm going to praise you because you are good. I'm going to praise you because you've got my future in your hands, and I know that you're a good God. And after they start praising God, then the miracle of God comes. So the other part of this is don't wait to praise God until just after. We praise before he moves, and we praise him after he moves, because we're supposed to praise in both of those ways. All right. The word of God and the power of God is the way the kingdom of God grows. And he says in, right after this story, there's a parable, and it says, What is the kingdom of God like, Jesus says, and to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. This parable is related to this story that we just read. The kingdom of God starts to come as Jesus is teaching. This kingdom of God, as the word of God is proclaimed. The kingdom of God starts to come as the power of God comes into the place. And bit by bit, the little seeds grow into the kingdom of God coming. What we do here as a church, as God starts to build what we're doing, the kingdom of God is coming moment by moment, story by story, as God moves in lives around this room, as God moves in our city, as his kingdom grows. So Sabbath is a day of worship. It's a day of rest. Invite, um, we're going to bring keys back up here, and as I wrap up this morning, and God wants to meet us as we rest and we Sabbath. Well, part of our Sabbath is to come to gather as his people in his church, even when it's hot, even when, you know, it's, it's one of these Sundays. And we gather and we worship as a church together because in community, God moves. In the community, the word of God is preached. In community, the power of God moves. God wants to meet with you. It's a place here. This is a place for the Word of God and the power of God to be. If you need God this morning, if you need breakthrough in your life, if you need healing in your life, if you need comfort in your life, if you need hope in your life, look to God for healing. Maybe you've got some sin that you're struggling with in your life. Sometimes what you need is the power of God to break through, to bring freedom from that. That's what happened to me. Sin struggling with in my life for decades all of a sudden, I encounter the power of God. Now, I still, day by day, need to walk that out as I follow God and pay attention to Him and make the right choices. But sometimes what you need for breakthrough is to encounter the power of God in His Holy Spirit. 
Sometimes you need healing, and the, you've been to the doctors, and they're doing the things, and they're helping, but they're not bringing resolution. You need the power of God to bring healing in your life. Maybe you've actually got something deeper that's going on in your heart or your faith that you're not trusting God with, and, and there's something that's manifesting even in other ways in your life. And you've been struggling, and you've been struggling, you've been struggling at work, or you've been struggling with your family, and what you need for breakthrough is God to bring healing in your own soul, in your own life. And all of a sudden, those other things are going to get taken care of. Because at the core of it is a problem, just like this woman. Her problem wasn't that she was like paralyzed and hunched over on her back. The problem was that there was spiritual bondage that she had. And Jesus brought healing from the spiritual bondage, and it set her free from her physical ailments as well. So I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to lead us in prayer that God would come in this place. And then after that, I'm going to lead us in some, a time of response. But right now, we're going to invite God to move and come in this place. Would you bow your heads? Would you pray with me? Hmm, Jesus, we invite you into this space. God, we need you. We need your power in our lives. We, we can't do it alone. God, I pray that your spirit would come. I pray for those that are right now feeling like maybe, God's, maybe you're feeling like God's doing something in your heart, maybe something in your soul. Maybe there's a, a tension of like, I wish I could trust God. I would like healing, but I, I, don't, I don't know. It starts with choosing to trust Jesus. And if you've never done that, that's the start of our journey of healing. Jesus says that we've all sinned, we've all messed up, we've all done things against God. But he was perfect and he died on our behalf. So if you right now have never put your trust in Jesus, never admitted that you're not perfect, never admitted that you need God, he says, just follow me and I will make a way for you. I will restore relationship with you. But you need to find forgiveness first. So if that's you, just echo this prayer in your mind with me. Jesus, I admit I've sinned and messed up. Jesus, I believe you were perfect. Jesus, I believe you died for me. Jesus, I believe you rose again three days later. And Jesus, I choose to follow you. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place as we respond in worship, as we respond in praise of you, as we come to you for healing. Now, that's not a healing I can offer. That's not a healing our team can offer. It's not a healing any of us can offer. But it's a healing that you can do. And you are not just a God of word, but you are also a God of power. And so we pray that you would come in this space. We pray that you would move upstairs with the kids right now, that you would move in power with them, that you would bring encouragement to them, that you bring healing if any of them need healing. And we pray in this space that you would move, that you would heal, that we would get to praise you together for the work that you are doing here, Lord. Amen. So we're going to respond right now in worship, and I'm going to invite you to respond. To start, I'm going to invite everybody to just stand right now. I'm going to invite you as we respond. I'm going to invite you to respond in a few ways as the band is going to lead us in a song in a minute here. And one of those is there's a post-it note with a pen under your chair. I want to invite you, put a praise on there. What has God done in your life? Maybe something God's done through this church or maybe God's, something else God's done. But write that praise on there. And then in the back, you can do it on your way out or you can do it during worship. There's a little white basket um, by the offering box. And I want you to put your praise in there. 
so that we can celebrate with you as a church. We want to know what God is doing, and we want to celebrate. And that act of writing it is going to be an act for you to say, hey, I'm, I'm praising God for what He's done in my life. Maybe you're praising Him because you need His provision. Maybe you're praising Him for what He's already done. Right? We praise Him before, and we praise Him after the breakthrough in our life. You can also respond in worship. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's communion available in the back. And also respond this morning. Um, I'm going to invite our prayer team up, and I'm going to invite you. Band's going to lead us in worship. If you need healing, if you need breakthrough, if you need freedom in your life, we're going to be here to pray for you. Just as that woman came up, and Jesus laid a hand on her and prayed for her and brought freedom. We want to see the power of God in our church, bringing breakthrough in lives. We've seen it. Last time, I think three, four weeks ago, we invited prayer. We had a bunch of people come up here, and within a few minutes within a few, and a few days, multiple reports of people finding miraculous healing that God brought in their life. It's not just, oh, we just, oh, it's a nice thing, I'll get some prayer. Like, no, 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 God is moving, and if you want to encounter Him, if you need to encounter Him in your life, He wants to bring it into your life. He wants to move. He wants to move through me. He wants to move through our team as we pray for you. He is a God of healing. He, sent, he loves you so much, He sent Jesus for you to come into this world to die for you. He wants to move in your life. He wants to bring freedom from that addiction. He wants to bring healing from that physical ailment. He wants to bring freedom from that mental struggle that you've been facing and you thought you would never be able to not face for the rest of your life. He wants to bring freedom. He wants to bring healing. So I'm going to invite our team up here. The band's going to lead us in worship. If you want prayer, if you want healing right now, would you come up? Come up at any point during this song. We're going to pray for you. Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tekoa card on our Connect page, tekoachurch.org connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tekoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tekoachurch.org giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.